0: Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 364 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, we're gonna to be talking about how to coach yourself in tennis. And this can be used in conjunction with getting input from another coach or a pro or watching resources online on YouTube or listening to podcasts or buying online courses and programs and things like that. It's going to be basically a case study of one of our followers here at Essential Tennis. And he's, he wrote in recently with a, a long question that I'm going to read because I think the context is so important And I know that his experience happens all the time by tennis players out there who are trying to get better. They don't necessarily have the resources, uh, whether it be time or money or even somebody practically, you know, in their area, uh, meaning a coach that can give them the guidance that they need. Uh, Even if they have a coach in their area, they might not be able to afford seeing them every single week or multiple times per week and so people turn to online resources and that's what we do but unfortunately a lot of times it can be confusing about what to do exactly how to train and so that's the question that max brings up today and i'm going to go ahead and read his question it'll take it'll take a little bit to get through it and i've omitted some things to make it move a little bit faster but I think this is unbelievably important. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're probably self-guiding your tennis development to at least a little bit of a degree. And so understanding how to navigate this process is super, super important. Okay, so for Max, I'm a 27-year-old male. I play tennis most recreationally, I'm sorry, mostly recreationally from about 6 to 12 years old when, when, and then I stopped until I picked it up again last year. Last year, I played mostly once a week with my dad and took a few lessons. I don't feel like I learned anything in the lessons. Uh, he liked to hit rallies for most of the sessions, and we didn't do a whole lot of instruction or actually tweaking of anything. This year, I played quite a few more competitive matches because I thought that would help me get better. I quickly realized that I probably need to try and start from scratch and go back to the fundamentals instead of playing more matches if I want to get better. Yeah, I think you're on the the right track there, Max. Especially with the pandemic going on, I have all the time to practice on my own. So I'm starting with your Serve Mastery course. And today I started it, and to be honest, I felt a little bit lost. I think particularly in what way I interact with the online course, if that makes sense. I watched the videos while I was at the courts, but I didn't exactly know what my participation was supposed to be. How do I measure when I'm ready to move on to something different? For example, when I went through the grip module, I felt that I can find a good continental grip. I don't really know how to test that. How to test that? So I move on. My current serve, I have a tension issue. So the three finger grip video was helpful. Now that I know that, but again, not really sure what to do with it except make a mental note. Then I move on to the throwing mechanics. I feel my throwing mechanics are pretty good. Uh, during this, I videotaped myself with coach's eye and checked it every few throws in slow motion. That's amazing, Max. The only thing I noticed is instead of going outside, inside, outside, it's more of outside, inside, down. Sorry if that doesn't make sense to you. Uh, but I, moving forwards, it doesn't really get back to the outside, and I have the same problem with my current serve. I'm more cup around the ball. My palm doesn't go back outside, so I work on that for like five minutes. But yeah, wasn't quite sure when to move on. I don't know if it's more unique to these specific course modules since they're more basic, or if I just don't know what it means to have mastered a section. Like for the toss, do I need to be able to toss it up and catch it eight times out of 10 or 20 times in a row or 80 times out of 100? I don't know if I'm missing something or if I'm just lost or if I'm doing fine and I'm too hard on myself. Anyway, I hope you get back to me. I'm not trying. uh, Okay, don't need to read the rest of that. So you get the idea. Max, um, he's got information and he's even doing, he's going to the court, he's doing the drills, he 's even recording himself and checking his level of execution it 's like it seems like all the pieces are there, and yet he 's like I, but i don 't really know what to do when and for how long, and am I going too fast or am I going too slow and is this right or is this wrong and I think his question i 'm very confident that his his basic experience and basic question has got to be asked by thousands of tennis players every single day who invest in resources but they don't know how to really go about using them effectively in real life on the court. So big picture here, Max, if I could kind of distill down your question into a theme, really what I'm hearing here is what should I focus on and how long should I focus on it? In the example of your serve, you pointed out several very worthwhile things that are very important, and you identified that you needed some help in some of those things, and, and that's good, and that's kind of step number one. It's like, what am I doing now? What should I be doing? But then the question of, well, how long do I focus on it is, is a really big one. And so basically what you're asking is, how do I coach myself? how do I self-guide and know that it's time to move on or it's, it's not time to move on. I, I need to sit here for a little bit and, and work on this or maybe even when do I take a couple steps back because I'm moving too fast. And normally it's a coach's job to guide that process, what to focus on, how long, how much time should be spent, etc. So I'm going to give you the answer and throughout this episode, I'm actually going to basically go through step by step the process that I'm working through in my own head when I coach students. And you can take that framework and use it yourself. But before we get to that, there's a few really important learning principles that you have to keep in mind. These principles are really the guiding foundation beneath. The steps that I'm going to give you in a moment. So three quick principles that are really important to understand, really important to accept and really embody in your training. Number one, we can only consciously focus on one thing at a time. Humans have no real multitask ability unless one of the things being done, at least one of them, is an automatic habit. In other words, like take walking, for example, there are hundreds of different micro movements and muscle groups that are being uh, gathered and, and different uh, contractions and relaxations that are happening with those muscles and move after move. You're having to keep track of your balance and changes and elevation and, and pitch of whatever it is that you're 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 walking on, it's an incredibly complex set of movements. And at first, you know, when you're twelve months old and you're like, oh, maybe I should try this walking thing, none of those individual movements are a habit yet because you haven't even done it correctly once. You know, you haven't done it even for the first time. And so how could you possibly just stand up and walk? And so fall after fall, you know, we watch toddlers like figure it out and they're wiring those neurological pathways. They're figuring out one thing after another and then another and then another. And so walking would be absolutely impossible without a huge kind of stack of different habits that get layered one on top of the other. And now, you know, you get to the point where you don't have to think about it anymore. It just happens automatically. And there's that old, you know, kind of funny joke of he can't walk and chew gum. Well, you know, just to to kind of make fun of somebody who's not coordinated or not athletic, and it's like they they can't do two things at the same time. Well, guess what? If chewing was not a habit, if you had to learn how to chew from scratch, it wouldn't just happen on its own. If you had to learn how to walk from scratch, it wouldn't just happen on its own. And so in a very real sense, like you could never walk in shoe gum at the same time, you couldn't do either of them smoothly or in an efficient way if you didn't already independently train and master both of those things. And so because you've independently learned how to chew and independently learned how to walk, two completely different skills, and they've been deeply ingrained in your subconscious, that's the only reason why you can walk in shoe gum at the same time. Trying to learn both of them at the same time would mean neither one would probably get very good. (laughs) Or at the very least, it would take you way longer to learn how to do both of them if you were forced to try to walk and learn how to walk and learn how to chew gum at the same time. So that's principle number one. We can't multitask new and different skills. You have to learn one at a time. You can't just be thrown into figuring out multiple new skills at once, unless you're a really talented, exceptional athlete. Principle number two, changing one habit to a new one takes time. Knowing and understanding is not enough. Just because you know you're supposed to drop your racket and pull up on edge, doesn't mean you're just going to automatically do it. You have to actually train the new habit before you can start to execute it correctly. And I find a big, uh, you know, a large amount of misunderstanding among tennis players with this. They feel like they can watch a video or take an online program or read a book or whatever, get some kind of new knowledge. They're like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. Awesome. And so they go and like try it once, like the split step, for example, and they like do it two or three times. They're like, oh, I get it. Like now it makes sense. And then they go and play the match and they don't think about it ever again. And they just assume they're split stepping. Guess what? Hardly any tennis players split step. They also all know that they're supposed to split step. They don't do it because they haven't actually trained it. Knowing that you're supposed to is completely different from actually training it. So that's principle number one. And number three, number, I'm sorry, that was number two. Number one is you can only consciously focus on one thing at a time. Principle number two is changing one habit, an old uh, pre-existing habit to a new one takes time And then number three, too much challenge to a new habit, something that you're trying to develop and train, causes you to do the old one instead. When too much stimulus is added to the environment and you're trying to do something new, you're going to do the old thing instead. So, with those three things in mind, this is my basic process for when I work with somebody in person. There's eight steps. And I'm going to try to move through this quickly and not really belabor any of them or go super deep into any of them. Like the goal here is to give a 30,000 foot view, give you a sense of what the steps are so that you can apply them to your own learning and coach yourself. So step one is evaluation. Get a full big picture of what all the opportunities are. And I prefer opportunity to flaw, you know, or mistake. So in the case of like a serve, the way you would evaluate Max is to record yourself and see how how am I moving right now and get a full list of, okay, I see this is not ideal and this is kind of off and I'm not moving my this arm you know, correctly. My racket position there is definitely holding me back, et cetera, et cetera. And just make like a full list of all the different things you see that could be improved about a certain part of your game. By the way, doing this for your entire game is probably not a good idea. It would probably lead to overwhelm. Probably want to take one individual isolated skill or stroke and just start with that. So number one is evaluation. Number two is prioritization. Which of those things on the list of your your serve opportunities is the one element that would make the biggest impact on your overall serve? What would make the biggest positive change to your serve in an isolated way, but also which of those things could also positively impact all the other flaws that you see present? This is my goal with students is you know, I, I always have a list of things we could focus on, but I'm trying I'm asking myself the question constantly, which of these things would probably or likely help all the other things? fall into place a little bit easier down the road. It doesn't mean there's like a a single thing that's going to magically fix all the problems, but usually there's a focus point that will help other elements fall into place a little bit more easily. So I try to find that one thing that would be the biggest biggest success, the biggest step forwards. So that's step two, prioritization. And then you want to pick whatever that number one thing is. Step number three, Begin working on that number one element, that one thing, as easy as possible. For me, with my students, that usually means a segmented shadow swing, where I ask them to pause in two or three different places and really focus on doing the new position or the new movement as perfectly as possible. No ball. We're not even swinging all the way through the motion. We're moving slowly and segmenting and just making absolutely certain that it's perfect, 100% perfect. So that's step number three. Start as easy as possible. No ball, not even a full swing. Step four, achieve quick success at that easiest level. I always show my student proof of, look, like this is looking fantastic. Yeah, we're not playing a match yet, but look, you can move your body and hit this position. And you can move your body and hit that position. And you know here's our three checkpoints. I wanted you to achieve this and this and this, which are kind of like breaking down the one thing that we're focusing on and making sure they're doing it correctly. And then I show them proof that they're doing it correctly at that really easy level. Step five, at a very small level of challenge, And keep the success rate above 50%. So if step number one is a segmented slow shadow swing, step number two would be a continuous slow shadow swing, adding a little bit of additional challenge. And I wouldn't move on to to the continuous shadow swing until they're doing the segmented shadow swings correctly more than half the time. That's really critical. If you're doing the new thing less than half the time correctly, then think of it like a scale. The incorrect, flawed repetitions are outweighing the new, correct, and more efficient, and, and the improved repetitions. You want to make sure that you're consistently doing more repetitions correctly, then you're doing repetitions incorrectly. So every time I add a little bit of challenge, whether it be adding the ball or adding some movements or doing a live ball rally or whatever the next little layer of challenges, is, I make sure we're at least doing half of them correctly. If they're doing less than half correctly, then we'll take a step back. We'll make it easier again until it's above 50%. If they start executing seven or eight out of 10 correctly, then I'll add another layer of challenge and so on and so forth. So I repeat that process. And now this is step number six, repeat until a student gets tired or achieves full success. And so anytime they're executing 75% correctly, and I feel really solid about their confidence level and ability to do it well, then we'll add more challenge. And 10 or 15 minutes later, if they're doing that next level of challenge correctly, then I'll add more challenge again. And my goal generally is to get to the point where we can do a rally back and forth and they're doing the new thing. And there's usually, I don't know, probably eight or nine or maybe 10 steps between the segmented slow shadow swings and actually rallying back and forth. And so I just continue adding a little bit of challenge at a time until we get to that rally point where the student can actually do the new thing in a, in a live ball environment back and forth. So that's step number six. Keep adding a little bit of challenge until they achieve full success. Step number seven is when the new habit starts happening without thinking then they can move to the next important element. So if, let's say, um, let's see, what did Max point out? He talked about the grip. Uh, oh, He talked about uh, the, the relaxation on the serve, for example. So once he, in match play, is relaxing and keeping his swing as fluid as he does in practice, and he can do it in a match without thinking about it at all, then I would recommend Max move to the next serve element. And it's the same thing on every other stroke, every other skill. Pick one thing, focus on it exclusively, follow the add challenge or subtract challenge process until you get to full subconscious execution, and then move on to something new and repeat. So really quickly, those eight steps. Evaluation, get the full big picture. Number two, prioritization. Pick the one thing that would make the biggest impact. Step three, start as easy as possible working on that new thing. Step four, achieve quick success at that easiest level. At least 50% uh, execution. Step five, add very small levels of challenge and keep the success rate above 50%. And when success rate is over 75%, uh, continue adding challenge. If, if at any point success drops below 50%, take away challenge. Step six, repeat until student student either gets tired, in which case we would stop the training session, or achieves full success. Step seven, when the new habit happens without thinking about it in a match, then move on to the next most important element. Step eight, repeat the whole thing again and again and again and again. So when you're by yourself like Max is, you can use video to achieve all of those steps. And you're simply guiding yourself forwards or backwards by advancing or decreasing the level of challenge. Below 50% execution of the new thing, take away challenge. Above 75% execution of the new thing, add challenge. And just repeat until you can do it in a match and then move on to the next skill That you'd like to focus on and this process is is its own process for each skill so your forehand your backhand your serve you're going to pick one thing and move through this process on each of the different parts of your game your footwork your patterns so on and so forth this is how you can effectively coach yourself and max it sounds like you were on the right path you just described early success and you kind of had the idea you were evaluating you were checking yourself but it sounds like you were moving very quickly on to the next thing and when you do that and you have like early success you're like oh great i got it and then you you start doing something else the thing before will probably go back to your old habit and then when thing number two you get some quick success and you're like oh great time for something else and you move to number three Thing number one and thing number two are probably going to go back to their old habits and so on and so forth. And I would say that's the most common mistake that players make. And they end up just kind of chasing their tail with a dozen different projects, you know, kind of in the works. None of them really move in the right direction. And they just end up being stuck and wondering why they're not moving in the right direction. So this is the process, Max. I hope this brings a lot of clarity and gives you a very specific, kind of practical way forward. Uh, If this was helpful, and you'd like more resources to help you self-guide, then go to EssentialTennisAcademy.com. You can sign up for a free trial of Academy and check it out. There's a step-by-step process that you can follow for every skill in your game. Thanks for listening today. I appreciate your time and your attention. I hope this was a huge help. For more free game improving instruction, be sure to check out essentialtennis.com where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube where we are the number one resource in the world providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care and good luck with your tennis.